Logical Progression, Year 4, Chapter 15, Lesson 4. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, Allahumma salli wa sallim, barak la nabiyyana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla, wa anta tajul hizna idha shi'a sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatika ya rabbil kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good to see you guys again, good to be back again as well, alhamdulillah, we have survived and escaped the, what did we escape, anyway we escaped anyway, anyway we're back and um, we have some very nice dates, I felt very bad, no not very bad, sorry, I felt very uh, tortured and bringing these here and sharing them with you as opposed to the cheap sukri ones yeah these are the nice high quality ajwa ones and i don't mean i don't mean the ajwa ones that your mom and dad brings back which are lame yani they've been bought just because there's yani shifa and it takes some just for shifa i'm talking about the ajwa dates that you knock down because they're nice see the difference yani Ajwa dates that you eat because they're nice. Not Ajwa dates because your mum and dad make you eat it. I mean, you think, they're not the ones I like. I like the big fat ones. So much more about. Shazana, don't be conscious, please. Okay. Pass them around. You're not restricted to one. Like when your mum and dad are there and the guests are there. Feel free. Take four or five. Enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to educate you on the dates. We enjoy the dates. We don't punish ourselves with the dates. You know, if you ever get Zamzam from me, I'm just saying, if you ever do. <laughs> okay, if you ever do. I just want to say that you will not find one of those pinko little cups from me ever. Yes, that's the kind of stuff that your mum and dad buy. Little tiny glasses. Take a handful, bro. Show them how it's done. Don't take one to it. Don't, don't be scared. I'm telling you, custom. enjoy this date experience. Pass them to Sheikh. Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar, he will. Although Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar will take it easy a little bit. Allah, Allah. Witter, witter. Slow down, bro. Easy. Easy, easy Jagger. So, you know, they. I'm just saying that if you come. And I'm the kind of guy who's going to give you dates, actual dates that you're going to enjoy, and Zamzam water that you're going to actually quench your thirst with. And not just yani zamzam that you just, <laughs> you know, that's what, huh, Sheikh? No. What do you think? Which one? Allah. Jawda to jayi, the sah. Nice, huh? True or not true? It's an actual, a tasty date. And let me tell you, it was a mission gate hold of them. They're super fresh, and Shazad was well against it. Okay. No, oh, no, no. Sorry, he wasn't against it. He wasn't against it. And there's a number of people involved in this, uh, in, in the donation of this uh, thingy. They wanted to remain nameless. Okay. One of our Sheikh's brothers and so on. And uh, uh, also felt happy to donate yani, to this good cause of feeding his good Sheikh Abdawud Salim Alik. So, um, okay, it's good. I'm telling you straight that when I go to someone's house, I'm a nightmare, by the way, if they say, can you come around for some zamzam? This is how much I drink when I go to someone's house. 
they best be bringing a proper glass because I'm there to drink proper. I don't believe in that, you know. And khalas. I want to have a drink, you know what I'm saying? On that point, or on that note, I just want to say that we got skanked hardcore on our zamzam, okay? We, they didn't let us take any because of the way that our flight worked out and this and that, blah, blah, blah. We got skanked. So not a drop. So just before you think I'm Kanjus or something like that, why didn't he bring the Zamzam? I didn't bring the Zamzam because we didn't bring any back. Or I didn't bring any back anyway. You got so excited. I got so Well, I know. I mean, I, I want to say that I, I, I drank enough for you guys. Just in case you know that. Right. Okay. Take care. Favorite oh my God. So Bismillah. So I guess what we'll do. Um, so th- there's, a, there's another important point, which is... Um, there's so many points, man. I don't even know where to start. Um, I think the first thing I wanted to say is uh, that I did say that I would try and get onto the forum, onto the portal, sorry, to answer some of the questions. Um, but I haven't had the chance to actually see it, so I don't know. However, she said, I mean, he sent me a link, uh, a diagram, which shows a few interesting things, and I thought that we would go through it. Uh, because it has, um, it's also by Sheikh Uthameen, um, or based upon his work anyway. And um, and so obviously someone's put that kind of, uh, someone's put all of the uh, the effort to go into it. And so, let me just, uh, let me just show you. What's what's on the screen, Shaz? What's, what's happening on the screen? Uh, what do you want to say? Well, I... Um, Okay, nothing at the moment, but just get the whole thing ready. The whole, we've got the whole we've got the page ready. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, you've got the iPad there with the pen. Oh. Do, do some annotation. Yeah. Yeah. Who online, Zafar, you online, yeah? Yeah. Just, uh, just, uh, just uh, uh, anyone online who... Um, uh, still has some issues concerning the movement of the sun or the earth, of course, as we know, and its various shadows and the way to calculate things. In class right now, if there's some, some queries, I want to do this today. I want to finish it off completely. And then likewise, if we have some online, I'd like them to shout out, okay? I'd like them to shout out because this will be the last time uh, that we uh, do this. Um... Yeah, go on. You know the Maghrib time, when does it stop? You know, you're doing the three... Yeah, so, so the question is, when does the Maghrib time stop and will we be coming to that? That's, that's still coming. So, um, whilst you're thinking of questions and things like that, this is what we're going to put on screen first. Um, uh, how many did you, did you save? Oh, right, okay, yeah. All right, here's the first one. Alright, I just want to have a look at this. Yeah, I don't need to annotate any of these shots to be honest. Because, you know, that's going to be disastrous, you know. Alright. There you go. There you go. That's how my hibba when she gives something. There you go. Alright. Okay, so you've got two pictures side by side. This is very good. I don't know if this is real or whether this has been created. But it doesn't matter. It's very, very good. Okay. So on 
If you remember in the last few lessons we spoke about um, how to determine the uh, start of Fajr and how the twilight in the sky um, which is the light on the horizon or in the horizon or in the sky and I was explaining its different colors I was explaining that when the sun is at a lower elevation angle the angle therefore is decreased the angle then that the light is coming off the sun hits the dust astronomical dust at a different angle you have all that physics stuff you know prisms blah 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 light being kind of thrown around it starts to take a different level of color and that's why when the sun starts to get lower it starts to get yellower 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 and then when it starts to get towards sunset you start to see then very very nice orange yellow and then red when it then sets then you start to see the red purple blah de blah and all of that is because the angle is very very kind of acute almost when it's not at an angle when it's super high then the sun is super boring it's just very white very straightforward and so on and so forth we spoke about that yeah in the night time we wanted to try and express that Fajr itself is of two types the false dawn and the true dawn now Fajr I can't remember that I told you Fajra okay the Arabic root verb means to explode okay to erupt to split apart and that is linked to the English, the break of dawn or the crack of dawn. So in English, we have the same idea. There's pitch black and suddenly as if like the egg has broken and it's starting to open up and you see the light. Now, if you understand the linguistic meaning of Fajr, you should have no problem getting confused by light in the sky. Because if you look on the right hand side at this one, okay, this is the false dawn, Al-Fajr Al-Kathib, the lying Fajr, okay? The lying Fajr. And what you have is this light in the sky which is very diffuse and it's not cracking at all at a, uh, you know, if you were to look at an egg, the last thing that you'd expect, uh, Bob's, uh, push, push this thing in, they can't see it. And uh, yeah, this one, this one further. The, uh, you know, if you were to look at an egg, you know, every time in Jurassic Park the egg opens up to re reveal the monster, it doesn't open that way, does it? And that's not a scientific proof, by the way. But I want you to reflect upon it, though, yes? That when the egg opens, it always opens that way, yeah? I don't know why. I don't even know what there may be in history or in science. It does open that way. But it's a long, lot longer to go to open up, to get out, yeah? The easiest one, the, the shortest circumference will be the middle one. So it cracks and the top falls off. So anyway, um, if you imagine then that if you see, if you see here, all right, it's, it is horizontal in the sky. And that's why I said that Imam Zuhri, in the narration of this famous hadith of Fajr, he was indicating the Prophet ﷺ who kept doing this with his finger, trying to show that the light is not the normal light, it is diffuse and it's in the middle of the sky. So if you look at it, you will actually see it rising up and you will either see it touching the horizon, and here it is touching the horizon, right there. You see, this is the horizon, okay? This is where you are looking to see where for you, even if it's cloud, even if it's a hill, even if it's yani, whatever, but for as far as you're concerned, where sky meets solid surface or whatever the bottom is, that's the horizon. You can see that this light is not spreading this way. It has touched the horizon, but it's going that way. And you can see by the nature of the, uh, the, the, the direction of the light it is going. That's the false dawn. And you do get that. And I saw it the other day. Okay. And as you guys know, I was in uh, Mecca and Medina. And uh, in Medina, it, as everyone knows if you visit Medina, it is a very expressive sky. Okay. That's not to say Mecca isn't, 
But Makkah is so polluted, right? You can't see anything because you have this like trillion watt bulbs everywhere because of all the cranes, yes? And so when you look at the Haram, you've got obviously that entire massive commercial center and all that towers and X, Y, Z and all those lights going massively into the sky. And then you've got the cranes. You can't see nothing for light, okay? So you can't enjoy the sky at all. Whereas Medina al-Munawwara is the exact opposite. It, it has no cranes in the, the, the region. And even that is very light polluted as well, by the way. If you're going to be very accurate and talk about light pollution, then of course Masjid Nabawi is very light polluting, right? However, its light pollution is minimal compared to the Haram. If you're to go anywhere else in, in, in Saudi or along the equator, Saudi doesn't have some kind of qabza upon light and nice quality light. Uh, uh, actually the entire equator, equatorial regions which are very central you'll see very nice high quality mornings, evenings you can see the light very accurately so Medina is just very interesting because you can see the colours very clearly you can see the false dawn very clearly and that's because the adhan they give the adhan for tahajjud there people going out early and wanting to get to the masjid early so they're there an hour and a half before Fajr they will go out and they will actually see the light in the sky and they think oh Fajr is in but Fajr is another one and a half hours away, yeah? Because it shows to you that the real light that we are concerned with is this light, okay? It is the light which is diffuse, yes, but it is across the horizon. And there is a fundamental identifying factor that many people forget. And that is that it's not just whiteness that we're looking for, but we want this redness as well, okay? We want this redness that you can see. And this is what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam described in a number of hadith as al-humr, the redness, and then in other hadith, al-mustatir, meaning the extended redness, meaning that it needs to go across the entire horizon. That's why, and this is again important for you to understand, because again, we're going to have a lot of fitna uh, soon when the uh, Ramadan timetable starts in the summer. Um, the issue of Fajr is a flexible one. The issue of Fajr is a flexible one. It's not like Maghrib. There is no, there's no flexibility around the Maghrib because it is the sun. And if the sun is present, your fast is on. As soon as the sun disappears, you don't need to and you cannot justify I'm adding five minutes to be certain or half an hour to be certain. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala couldn't have made it easier for every single person. You don't need to be a professor, you don't need to be a Bedouin who has been stargazing for the last 50 years. You don't need to be anyone intelligent. It's anyone just looking at the sun and as soon as the sun sets, that's it. Now, obviously, what mosques do and organizations do, which is that uh, they never go to see the sun, okay? They use a calendar and they take their sunset times from the observatory. We don't have our own observatories. And so therefore they take that time. And because, and I'm not in agreement with this at all, but I just want you to understand what the process is. Various mosques, various masajid, various even Islamic scientific organizations, they add another three or four minutes. And they say various justifications. For example, one is safety. This is not a justification. This is the safety justification, okay, is a bid'ah if there is no reason for it. It's an innovation which is against the sunnah of the Prophet Every single day he had the opportunity to be on a safe side, isn't it? We don't have a safe side in the religion when it comes to when there's something clear. Because then what you're saying, and this is important, is that you know better than the Prophet Or you're more careful than the Prophet which is absurd. It's absolutely absurd. 
So if you see with your own eyes and you see the sun disappear, then you know that Maghrib is setting and you must break your fast. You must break your fast, for example, or you must pray. But if you are only ever depending upon a timetable, never going to a outside, never seeing something, then you can understand the fear, you can understand the distrust, you can understand whatever. And so what you have there then is people who are trying to then add three minutes, four minutes for to be on a safe side. Maybe they don't know what they're doing, they say, okay? Yet yeah, they take all the times from them yeah, they, for every single prayer. Otherwise, sometimes they say that uh, due to atmospheric conditions, the uh, the conditions can change, blah, 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 blah. You know what? It's no major problem, okay, if you're dependent upon a timetable. But I'm just saying to you, if you know the time of sunset and you trust these people for all of your proper times, then there is no reason for you to doubt it in any other time, which is why I myself just go off my phone. I have no problem with that at all. I trust my phone for the other times of sunset and sunrise and is this and is that. So when it says to me that the sun is setting, remember the scientific definition is not different. We don't have, for example, this is important, the scientists cannot help us with a zawal time because there's no scientific yani, function of zawal. Okay, the time when the sun is at its highest and it passes. So we can't use that so much. Likewise, Asr, whether it's Shafi'i or Hanafi, as we called it, which is the double of the length of the shadow or single length of the shadow, doesn't have a scientific function. Okay, likewise, Isha, and we discussed this in detail last week, okay, that there is no function for the Isha, according to the scientists. They have no need to be able to determine a specific loss of twilight which is for spiritual reasons they have a, a reason to define the lack of light of twilight for scientific safety political and other reasons financial reasons so we know for example that especially in the uk especially in the uk there is a large lobby every year that is renewing its uh, uh you know its campaigning to uh, cancel a, a british summertime Cancel or to increase it early on? Cancel it completely. What is it? Completely. So that it is... It is. No, no. I think it will apply across the board. They, they, what do they want? They don't want dark mornings, right? Yeah, so they want to keep it, I think, uh, so that Maghrib is around the same time, all the sort of things, but winter's not too early and summer's not too late. Yeah, so if winter's not too early and summer is not too late, that is achieved by not having a summertime at all, correct? We're on GMT all the way through the year. So We're on GMT all throughout the year until except the summer. We hit March. Right. We then go into British summertime, summertime. So which, which leads to two things. Our Fajr becomes very early. So the clocks go an hour. And they don't care about that. There's no, yeah. there's no care. The, but the, 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 days the, the days become very longer. And I don't think they have a problem with that. No, they don't have no problem with that. GMT plus one. Or, or correct. That's what I was. That, that, that's just what I was saying. They don't want to get rid of it. They want to leave it. Summertime. They want summertime to continue throughout. If it continued throughout, it would lead to a longer day. Therefore, safer for children to come home. That's the key. In Scotland, you have basically in winter, you have children coming home in the dark. And you have children going to school in the dark and there was an increase in accidents i mean it's a proper lobby they go through all of the the, the figures and the data and the road traffic accident data to see what's going on um but if they leave summertime bst throughout the year then you're going to have a what a lighter 
a longer day, but in the morning, does it does it impact the morning? It must do, right? They're more worried about the evening, yeah? Yeah, I thought that the evening was to do with financial reasons. I thought that the evening was to do with financial reasons. They wanted there to be a longer day so shopping could continue, work could continue. There's a mentality, you know, as soon as darkness kicks in, you we all shut down, Yanni, you know, khalas, that's the end of the working day. You know, so there's, 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 there's things there. So, um, what are we talking about that for? Anyway, yeah? Come on, Shaz, what, 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 what are we talking about? What are we on about this for? Oh, yes. Although I've got no idea what the iPhone's got to do with that. But anyway. All the time, yeah, because, there's, yeah, you're using it all the times, and, and I just want you to know that uh, there's no reason to doubt it. Yeah. So the lobby in this country wants to keep BST at all permanently. And Scotland are not happy with it. Yeah. Because Scott, if 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 you kept BST permanently, they'd be in darkness in the mornings. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 They want to elongate the day, increase the mood, increase productivity, increase financial, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, all the northern latitude areas, Scotland especially, us not so much, but northern Scotland, very much so, central Scotland, the European countries as well, uh, they'd have a nightmare. They would. They'd have very, very, you know, dark uh, mornings and, and the like. Anyway, um, so the redness is, in, oh yeah, so, so what I was trying to say is that when it comes to Fajr, Okay, um, it is not like Maghrib. Maghrib is very obvious and very clear. The sun sets and and the story. Sunrise is also very very clear. Okay, the sunrise is very clear. Again, we don't see it here, but again in Medina, I was uh, showing Shaz that the sun has risen. Okay, and we don't need to. Uh, 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 we were in a haram on the roof, and I was saying that you know we don't need to look at the clock or work out when is shuruq. You know, everyone sits around after Fajr and the sun appears. And if the sun appears and you're on the haram, it is time to pray. Because if you can see the sun on top of the roof of the haram, above all of those cranes and X and Y and Z, then if you were to stand up and look, that's miles above the horizon, miles above the horizon. And then we did the whole, you know, kind of thing that if you were to put your finger like this in front of you, then you can see your, your whole finger is in between the floor, the floor being the haram, floor being a building, and the sun. And that was the action of the Prophet ﷺ, sticking a, a spear in and, and showing that it is clear above the floor. Let me explain to you, from a Sharia point of view, it doesn't matter whether it's one, one centimeter above the horizon or whether it's a million miles above the horizon. The point is for you is that it must have risen completely, which means that a disc must have come up. So you see, sunrise is easy and Maghrib is easy. But Fajr, Asr, Dhuhr, these are subjective times which are due to do with estimations. No one is going to make you, for example, even back then, when we say that the shadow, Asr, for Asr to start, the shadow has to be the same length as an object plus its original object. No one expects you to get the original object and measure it and then take an exact measurement of the... It's an endaza. 
an estimation and you look at it and you say that's it so the dhuhr one is flexible and the asr one is also flexible uh, sorry the asr one uh, is flexible of one uh, 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 one length and then the double asr is also flexible uh, of the what we call the hanafi uh, asr which is the, sh- the shadow the sh- if this is the item if this is the item then we know that at yani point zero because the sun is cutting across it then it has a little bit of shadow here so we start here so if we just jump this across plus one plus two so double length shadow of the original item asr kicks in no one is going to tell you the hanafi is not going to say to you you need to get a measure tape out whatever whatnot no it's an indaza and what helps the indaza that the shadow is very long and stretched what helps the indaza the temperature has reduced what helps the indaza you look at the sun and it's very yellow or yellower and these are the various hadith this now starts in your mind to combine all of the various hadith that you see on the chapter okay and now it starts to make more sense now one point i'm making i'm saying to you that a little bit of crossover five ten minutes yani between dhuhr and asr yani in terms of your praying times for example, people say to me that uh, I wasn't able to get Asr in, uh, Dhuhr in, but in, you know, uh, 4.37 is uh, uh, the time, and 4.37 it says Asr has started. Did I get it or did I not get it? We say no problem, you pray at that time. Because this is a flexible matter. Who's to say exactly at 4.37, this, that? It's not the sun. It's not the sun appearing on the horizon, and it's not the sun disappearing. This is something which we have a general time for for the day. So there is that flexibility. And that's also one of the reasons, and Allah knows best, okay, why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed for the combining to happen. But not between between Dhuhr and uh, Maghrib or Asr and Maghrib, but between Dhuhr and Asr because they're like partners. They're like very close partners. Make sense? Yeah. The, the the switchover between them is very smooth. And then likewise, Asr and uh, Maghrib and Isha, very, very smooth. Maghrib to Isha, very smooth. The non-Muslims or scientists, they have these three definitions for Isha, for the loss of twilight in the sky to create darkness. Civil, nautical, astronomical. And all these figures, it's a huge mistake for Muslims to use them, to say 6 degrees, 12 degrees, and 18 degrees. But these are estimations, and we can see that 6 degrees is too early, but around about 12 degrees does give us a much better idea of a darkness, which we say, yeah. And we're going to talk about more of the darkness. Yes. Is this why the older generation today still say, don't show me your timetable, I'm just going to what I see? Correct. I mean, we wish that there was more of an older generation that would say that. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, you know, uh, back back in the day, that's exactly what they would do, that's exactly what they would do back in the day. Okay, now obviously everyone is timetable obsessed, and that's what we need to recapture. Yeah, I know that there is an essence here about our signs, the signs of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Very important to connect to them and to move away from the timetables. Now, there's a there's a there's a point why I'm trying to bring here. Not only is it a revival of the Deen of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, how it should be practiced. But it also is a solution to fitna. Because as you know, that there are people who are obsessed by these things. And they get very upset if there's a one or two minute yani, issue with someone making the adhan one minute early or eating one minute early or, or praying one minute early or whatever. And people want to recognize that there is a science behind this. There's an art behind this as well. If they understand the knowledge between where these numbers come from and stop yani, treating the numbers like the text, that the, the numbers are not some nas from the Quran or something. They are human interpretation of a physical phenomena. And then that would be also important. Now, when it comes to Fajr, and this is the point I'm trying to make, 
if it is based upon our perception of the eye, yani, uh, the eye's perception of light, there is no exact second, then you can see that people making ijtihad about when to pray fajr will be easy upon them as well. Okay? But then we bring another point in. This white light is easily available at all times. But if we start to bring the redness into it, then we start to get a much more definitive later time. And that is why when people say to me, what do you generally like to uh, use as a Fajr and an Esha time? Okay, I will say that even in the winter months, but especially in the summer months, I do not make them equal. So I say that people should generally pray Esha about an hour and a half after Maghrib. Okay, so if you want to have a, a rule of thumb in the summertime, in the winter time, one hour forty, one hour forty-five is fine because you know uh, the, the, the 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 distinction is a lot easier. But in the summertime, because we have this northern latitude problem, as I explained last couple of weeks, then it's okay for us to say, well, you know what, we have to estimate a little bit, and and that's fine. About an hour and a half. Whereas at Fajr time. And of course, if you do it an hour and a half, i.e. longer, then it's more certain that you're going to pray Isha. The Prophet ﷺ has made it very clear that he himself wants to pray Isha after a half or a third of the night has passed. So that's after four hours after Maghrib. That's three and a half hours after Maghrib. But who's going to be awake at 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock to pray the Isha? And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, if it wasn't for the fact that it would make it difficult upon my ummah, I would have made you pray at third or a half of the night. But instead, you can pray when it becomes dark. And then he gave a number of hadith which we will cover about what that darkness is, which I will say to you is roughly an hour and 20 minutes to an hour and a half. In this masjid, we will roughly operate at an hour and 20 minutes, roughly, okay, in the summertime, in the summertime. Summertime really kicks in on May 1st, May-ish, yani here. And that's why you see the Isha time at 10.30 is sticking that to that until it becomes an hour 20 gap. Then it'll start to increase again, again, again until about quarter past 11. Now, that's that. Whereas the Fajr time is the exact opposite principle. You don't want to fall into praying it too early, right? And so therefore, the later you pray the Fajr, you know that you've definitely prayed Fajr because it means the morning has entered, which is why I like people to wait until an hour 20 minutes as opposed to an hour and a half. And if you go outside at any time now, starting from now, and then in June, and then in July, and I'm telling you to do this, look at the sky, try to find as much clean place in the sky as you can. Look on the eastern horizon, okay? Eastern horizon is very important. We've been covering this so that you learn. I'm not going to name people, okay? But there, there's a knowledge here, which if you understand this knowledge, you should be able to apply it at all times in your life. <laughs> So if you study the fact that the sun is rising in the east, then you will know that when a plane is then flying east, all right, you're not looking for the sun on this side of the plane and saying it's all dark. I don't name names. I don't name names. I don't want to cause any... I just want you to come down. What did she say? At this... Uh, I just want to be. I just want to bring it down. I just want it to be nice, and just. I don't want to cause any pain. <laughs> I love that girl so much. So you will know that obviously, if you're going in this direction, and you're leaving the west 
you're leaving the east behind and you're in that direction, then the sun can only possibly come up on this side. And looking at for on that side, you're going to be keep looking and keep looking. And the only thing that you're going to see is too late when the light has spread all the way across from that side. So this is a very practical knowledge. Yeah, and a good thing, alhamdulillah, that you know, my, my companions, they know this stuff so they wouldn't fall into this kind of problem. That's the good thing, isn't it? Alhamdulillah. So, Al-Fajr um, Al-Mustatir <laughs> is therefore this redness which is uh, spreading across. What was I saying? Uh, huh? Anything else on this? No. Say it again, sorry. Oh, sorry. I, I was saying, I was saying, uh, yeah. Uh, if you look in this next month, this month, an hour 45 before sunrise, an hour 30 before sunrise, and look at the light, you will see lots of diffuse light in the sky. That's the, our northern latitude problem, as I said, being so high in the, the UK and Europe, uh, we will see this light all the time. But at 1 hour 45, 1 hour 30, 1 hour 15, you will start to clearly see the white light on the actual horizon. But the redness, the color, will only add later. It won't be there at 1 hour 45, and it won't be there at an hour and a half. You'll start to see it developing. And at hour 15, hour 20, you'll start to see the orange and the red. Once you see that, you know my fajr is in. You know that's the time that I shouldn't be eating. That's the time that I can be praying. Now that's why, now let me now mention something. The concept of imsak, okay? Amsak in Arabic, amsak means to withhold, right? To, to stop something or to, to hold, okay? Imsak means to hold this. So imsak means to hold oneself back. So imsak is, no, is not a sharia concept. It's not a sunnah concept. I want you to understand that. We don't, the Prophet ﷺ never told the people that there is a fajr time, an imsak time, whatever. This is not true. It's a human invention. The question is, is it a good human invention or not? Now, in general, no religious invention, no new religious idea is a good one. That's why the Prophet ﷺ said, Every single new matter in the religion is an innovation. And every innovation is a going astray. And in principle, that's, that's correct. However, sometimes, sometimes the people are at such a simple level that they don't kind of get involved too much in the facts and they just want to hear, they want the religion broken down into numbers. You know, if we, I mentioned in the issue of traveling, it doesn't matter if you explain to them what the real issues are behind traveling, they just want to hear 51 miles. And as long as I do 51 miles, then I'm a traveler. As long as I do 14 days or whatever, then I'm a traveler. Then they just want to keep it like that. And so likewise, they don't want to hear about, oh, I've got to look for the whiteness and the redness in the air and whatever. They just say, listen, well, give us a time where we can safely just stop eating and give us another time which we can safely start praying. Yani the one that you stop eating should be an earlier one. And the one that you should start praying should be a later one, which the prayers definitely entered. So I, myself, I don't see a major problem with this. I, it makes sense. And so therefore, if a person wants to stop eating an hour 45 before sunrise, that's good. That's fine. That means that you are definitely not breaking, you're not entering and eating at a time where Fajr has started. And you will see light on the horizon, but it's not the redness which you feel confident enough to pray. However, a half hour later, at an hour 15 before sunrise, you'll see the redness on the horizon. That's the time you should pray. That Fajr has definitely entered now. Does that make sense? Okay. Right. Let's look at the next. Uh, uh, what else do we have on this? 
on this diagram. Um, uh, just I'm going to read a few hadith to you, okay? For example, narrated in the Sahih of Ibn Khuzayma and the Mustadrak of, of Imam al-Hakim and this hadith inshallah is Sahih narrated by Ibn Abbas that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu said that there are two fajrs, there are two dawns. As for the first, it does not prevent eating nor does it permit prayer. It does not prevent eating and nor does it permit the prayer. As for the other, it prohibits eating and it allows the prayer. Okay, is that it? Uh, prohibits eating, allows the prayer. The Fajr, false dawn, does nothing. Uh, Sheikh Uthaymeen, he mentioned in his explanation to a book of hadith called Al-Bulugh Al-Maram, he said the following. There are two Fajrs, one true and one which is lying. Okay, and there are three differences between them. There are three differences between them. The first difference is in how they look. So, the true Fajr extends from north to south. And the lying Fajr, it extends from east to west, oblong like the tail of the wolf. Now, the, I don't think that they've translated that correctly. The other way around. And that's a proof of why you don't take your deen from the internet. Okay? Right? Unless, they, unless he's, he's trying to explain something that doesn't... Uh, 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 unless it's being understood in a different way. Allah Alam. But the main point is, is that from a eastern western point it's very it's, it's dangerous actually to try and explain it in terms of north west and south because it's not altogether always wrong because we don't you know this idea that north is up and south is down is a very simplistic understanding which is not correct so technically this is actually quite possible but it's not something that we should so i don't want you to rely upon the first uh, is a text on the screen or something yeah. all right um so this thing does it the text oh, yeah yeah put, put the text on for them yeah Okay, um, so yeah. So if you're looking to the east, so I'm now looking to the east. If I'm looking east, yeah. Ah, uh -huh. okay, good, good, yes, that's good. So, uh, uh, as I was saying, technically, this is correct. And as explained, when you are looking to the east, the north will be at that angle. So it does make sense, okay? However, um, I want you to know this is not, this is not, these three points are observational points. They're not something that you need to memorize, okay? They're meant to try and help you. So don't get too lost in this. So even if we take, if you don't understand point one, remove it. Don't worry about it. Okay. This is more to do with directional and all the rest of it. The rest of the other two are, are very, are very uh, much easier. The second difference, he says, is that the true Fajr doesn't have darkness between it and the horizon. Rather, its light is connected with the horizon. As for the Fajr al-Kathib, the lying Fajr, then there is darkness between it and the horizon, meaning the light does not extend until the end of the horizon. So if you notice that in the picture, okay, let's bring up that picture again, okay. Uh, if you look at this here now, 
all right you can see that uh, you can see that in the true fajr right this is connected it's all one there's no gap there's no gap between this okay whereas here there is no connection there here's a connection but that's not good enough okay this here area here yes but this here that's okay but the horizon extends all this way doesn't it so that's what it means by that's what it means by that yeah and then the third point which for you can be first or second is that the lying fajr its oblong light becomes dark as it as its light goes away as for the true fajr its light persists and becomes stronger until the sun rises now look what he's saying there is that you see this this here that's very strong but as the time moves on as the time moves on this will then start to become weak start to look like this see that okay whereas when we look at this scenario okay this whiteness here as the time increases it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger and it just gets and it starts dominating the entire the entire thing now i personally in my opinion okay would add that the third one instead of saying the north and south it should be the redness so the difference between the the fake and the true one is that the the, the true one will have the redness and the fake one will not have any redness this is the humor there's too many ahadith which mention that for it to be ignored okay um now let's now talk about dhuhr okay in the text it says do you want to read the rest of the thingy about fajr Sheikh Ibn Thaymin says that the time starts from true dawn till when the sun starts to rise. The horizon will be at darkness all of the night then from the eastern side in the morning when the sun comes close it's about to rise sunlight will appear so if you then see that spread out across the north and south all across the horizon then that is the time you can pray the Fajr. And this time period typically as an example from when the true dawn occurs until when the sun actually begins to rise up over the horizon is approximately somewhere in the region of an hour and 15 or an hour and 30 minutes and i would agree with that okay that is roughly about the time hour 15 to hour 30. right then the whole time before sunrise yeah this is the the gap period in between fajr and the uh, fajr and uh uh shams sunrise okay sunrise Zahar time. In the morning then, the sun rises from the east. Therefore, if you were to put an object outside the shadow, outside, the shadow would be towards the west. The sun will rise and rise until it's right in the peak of the sky. Peak meaning the highest point middle of the sky. We call this the meridian, okay, or the zenith. At that moment, the shadow uh, of an object would be directly underneath it, for there is nothing around the sides of it, because it's obviously on top, right above it. Then after that, when the sun moves across from the middle point of the day, the shadow will now start to appear on the eastern side of the object because now the sun has dropped into the western side. As soon as that occurs, that is the time of the Dhuhr beginning. That is not the Dhuhr time when the sun is on its peak, but this is the actually forbidden time. But the Dhuhr time starts when it actually moves down and begins to head onto the western side. 
The moment that it does that, the shadow will appear on the eastern side. That is the Dhuhr time, and it continues until the shadow is equal to that object. And here, the Dhuhr prayer time ends. Now, I want to show you this on the screen. All right? Uh, there. So, as, 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 as we had here, Fajr started, okay? Remember, again, this is nice, a, a, a nice, nice point. We had the sun, yeah, moving like this. It's not, obviously, but it's the way that the earth moves that creates that certain thing. At this moment, this moment here, this is the true Fajr, this moment here, okay? And this is an angle that will be made. You see this? This will be an angle. All right? This is called the solar elevation angle. Right? At that moment, which is right here, right here, right? When the sun reaches this point there, it will start to now shoot up enough light into the sky. All right? And you will see that light here. You will see that light here. That's called the twilight. That's called the, data, the, 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 the light that you're actually noticing. Okay, everybody? I know that this is repetitive, but everyone needs to understand this. And this is the last time we're going to be covering this. And that will then increase, increase as the sun goes up, 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 up. And then it will, this is the last moment of Fajr. This, this is the last moment. Because it hasn't gone up above the horizon. Then it will go above the horizon and it's all over. Then it will start its morning journey up. Okay? And if you've got an item which is there then it's going to be shining across it and the shadow is going to be like this yes and then what will happen is if you have your item there the sun when it gets to its highest point you see people think that the sun is highest point here all right but it's not the sun's highest point is where it is there because of the angle of the the how we're on the axis right and so when you've got this this item this item there what you have is the shadow which is being made like this all right this shadow this shadow stays there and is permanent and it will stop and when that shadow is being shown that is basically the haram time what we call the zawal time 15 20 minutes 10 15 minutes and then the sun will start to move and then the shadow will start to increase and once the shadow starts to increase then you know that Zohar has started okay yes Isa. Uh, so as soon as it starts to move you know that we're in soon as the shadow starts to move so as soon as the shadow starts to actually increase it doesn't need to be measured doesn't need to be seen soon as the shadow starts to increase you know now that Zohar is, is coming uh, Zohar is moving on and on and on when it reaches this level here okay this level here then this object is now going to be like this and so what you've got is the original shadow which was there and then you've got this distance here which is the length of this distance uh, there. And therefore, that's why we call it Asr starts when the shadow is the length of the object that it was at the original point zero. Point zero is the original time. Yeah, come. Yeah. We got that diagram. Um, can you explain why in Ramadan different mosques that have different budget times? And we talk about the angle, they use different angles. Yeah. Just for Ramadan. 
What's your view about it's not it's not just for Ramadan. It's only in Ramadan that people will start to care about it. That numbers and angles are being used all throughout the year. Okay? Actually there's actually no, that's not actually quite true. There's two things going on. First of all, there's a um, in Ramadan people start to notice timetables. People don't take timetables home at any other time. Yep. It's only then they start to realize times and everyone becomes an expert and mashallah. Yep. So that's the end in Ramadan. Alright? But then in these periods of time right now, we have the double issue that is happening in the summertime. And so there's a far more greater uh, care or people are much more concerned about the times because they are now having a much greater impact. Okay? The summer reality. For example, if Ramadan was in the winter, the mosques would still differ in terms of their times. Okay? They won't, they won't differ over Fajr. All right, or they shouldn't differ over Fajr, but they will differ over Yani, Isha, and this and that, and they'll differ over because they'll be using different elevation angles to work out when, when Fajr comes in. So if you look at that angle there, they'll say that angle should be 18 degrees before it starts. Now, if it's 18 degrees, if you just look at that diagram, if it's 18 degrees, then you can see is the diagram on the screen? Yeah, yeah, if the diagram's eight, if it's 18 degrees. Yeah, if that's 18 and this is 15 and this is 13, then you can see that their Fajr will start earlier at 18 or later? Earlier. It's simple as that. So the higher the degree, the earlier the Fajr starts. That's why in a, in a one month's time, you're going to see, okay, the mosques uh, adopt two positions. You will see those mosques that are religiously obsessed with the number 18. All right? They are obsessed with 18. And they use 18 throughout the rest of the year. And you know what? No one makes an issue about it. I don't make an issue about it. Why would I make an issue about it when our mosques in, uh, in, in October, November, December, January, February, March, April, we pray our Fajr half an hour before sunrise, yani, where, there is, where the degree is probably about five degrees off the horizon. It's very, very late. Do you understand? No one cares. No, people aren't fasting. People aren't, you know, people don't care. What? Who cares? And then in, in, in at uh, Isha time, Isha time. Remember, same degrees are going to be applied. At 18 degrees, Isha is going to be later. Would you agree? Right? If you look at the other side, if this is 18 degrees and this is 15 degrees, this is 13 degrees, and I'm waiting for 18 degrees, this is Maghrib here, then Isha is going to be here. Then if 18 degrees, it's going to push it back. Yes? So in the winter time, let them push it back two hours. What do I care? Maghrib at 4 o'clock, I'm praying Isha at Masjid at 8 o'clock anyway. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I don't care. So no one cares about this when people are not really fussed about it. Now in the summertime, where 18 degrees changes the game completely, so what happens? In the summertime, if you use 18 degrees for Isha, you're never going to achieve 18 degrees because the sun does not go past 15, 16 degrees because of our latitude. I know that's difficult for people to understand and I tried to explain it via diagrams last week. And therefore, your actual Isha time is, if it even is achieved, is somewhere like half past 12. Now, what do we know? Of course, to pray Isha at half past 12 is very difficult upon the Muslims. But actually, we say that it's incorrect even in principle because the Prophet ﷺ has made it very clear that Isha is not prayed after a half of the night. And if you look at half past 12, that's past midnight. 
So we'd say to the people who are praying yani their tarawih after uh, half past 12, what, or what part of the night are you praying? You're not even praying it in the actual night time. Yeah? And so that's why we have this disagreement on the issue of 18 degrees and obsession of 18 degrees, even though 18 degrees might serve us fine throughout the rest of the year. All right? That's why it should always be based upon observation, not angles. Yes, if you observe every single day and you record the numbers, you can probably find a pattern. Someone still has to do it. It was an attempt, as I mentioned, by the Blackman boys in this country to do it a number of years ago. There was many, a number of inconsistencies. No one trusts the figures. And, you know, since then, people are using international figures. And that's a mistake because the numbers for other places are very different when you apply them to our scenario where we have a very different latitude. Very different latitude. Okay? So... What I'm talking about, the 18 degrees thing, is that the, in Ramadan, the Isha will either not start at all or start, or start very late. That's why, by the way, let me, listen, let, 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 me, let me say something here. There are some Hanafis in this country, and they are led by a guy called Atabek Shukrov. Okay? This, uh, 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 this person, this individual, who I am bamboozled at, to be honest. Okay, I'm shocked at yani, his, his lack of understanding and his lack of yani, deen in terms of him being a Hanafi so-called scholar. He's a disaster, to be honest. Okay? And he doesn't represent the Hanafis at all. And he is rejected by the majority of the Hanafis. He says that Isha doesn't even enter in the uh, summer. Now, technically... If he was saying that Isha is connected to 18 degrees only, then he's right. You see what I'm trying to say? Now, his ignorance is compounded by the fact that this is a religion which is practical for all people at all times. 18 degrees wasn't set by the Prophet ﷺ. If you're going to use it, that's fine. But don't make it the be-all and end-all. The Prophet ﷺ has explained scenarios where when things go upside down and pear-shaped, there are other criteria to use. So as I mentioned in Fiqh Salah, and I think I've mentioned here before, that the hadith of Ad-Dajjal is the most important one. The Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith of Dajjal that when he comes, uh, he will be with you for a period of time. Okay, And this small period of time, only a few days, okay, that he will be with you, the time-space continuum is completely upside down. Everything goes upside down. Because he said that one of those days will be like a year of yours, your time. So a day of the Dajjal's stay, one day is going to be like a year. Another day like a month. And another day like a week. And the rest of the days will be like your normal days. And the companion said, so how are we going to pray on that day which is a month, uh, a year long? How on earth is a day a year long anyway? Right? They understood it very clearly from the Prophet ﷺ that that day the whole thing breaks down. The, the normal system of the sun rising, sun getting to Dhuhr, shadows forming, and then it's obviously broken down if it's long. In, uh, so the Prophet ﷺ said, Make an estimation that is appropriate for it. Make an estimation that day. And you see, this shows this deen in its original pure sense. That our deen is not based upon specific angles and this and that. We can make general uh, estimations. We have an idea that we can say that the day can be split into seven parts, the night can be split into seven parts, that we have something called a third of a night, we have something called a half of a night, we have something called a half of a day, the, the midday, for example, is an Islamic concept. 
It doesn't mean 12 o'clock. It means halfway through the day between sun, set sunrise and Maghrib time between then is half the day. When it comes to night time between then and Fajr would be half the night. So we have, we have general concepts where we can start to divide the day into different parts. So we would say that a person, for example, if he uses estimation, if he was to use 18 degrees for Fajr now, now, uh, in, in, in the summertime, 18 degrees, as I showed you on that picture, will have you praying Fajr at 1 o'clock in the morning. 1 o'clock in the morning. Now you might say, so what? That's what we have to do. Okay? We'll say, okay then, answer me this. How does praying Fajr at 1 o'clock in the morning fit with two key things? Number one, it doesn't look anything like the auntie of Fajr outside. <laughs> yeah, and it is pure pitch black outside. And it's pitch black for another hour, and it's pitch black for another hour, and it's pitch black for another hour, and then in the fourth hour, we start to see some yani, improvement in the light, and you feel like a real fajr. So you're actually praying at midnight, basically. Number one. Number two, on the basic scale of a system of a day, of a 24-hour day, how did you estimate what normally takes an hour and a half for fajr for it to be three, four hours before? And that's where, as I said, people start to become far more, far more sensitive to the degrees and their application. Now, if you choose as your angle 15 degrees, your Isha comes in earlier and your Fajr starts later. If you choose as your degrees 12 degrees, your Isha is starting about an hour and 20, hour, hour and a half uh, uh, after Maghrib and your morning is an actual morning. You can actually find a time which is about an hour and a half before sunrise. So my question is based on really, um, true dawn, yeah. In the summer budget, must occur at a certain angle, yes? So, is it? That's the question. I want you to tell me this. Shazad is saying that surely during the summer, true dawn must occur at a certain angle. What's the answer to that question? What's the actual answer to that question? So there's no doubt that that is happening at a certain angle. The question is, is that how, first of all, are we required to calculate what that angle is? And then how do we apply the data that we then gather as a result of it? Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's no doubt it's happening at an angle. And then next day also at an angle. And the next day also at an angle. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created yani, his, his creation and his angles perfectly. Right? The issue is now measuring them right so we have a number of places for error anyone who's involved in science and and statistical analysis and we have mashallah not just the dentist and the queen's the only chosen one we have the statistical king okay shazad salim is mashallah i'm telling you he has bored me silly with statistical analysis because he's now master student guy you know he does all this stuff and he says that i'm doing statistical data analysis just tell us with the new methods of statistical data comparison, Shaz. Tell us, Sarah, please. Come on. When I tell you don't talk about it, you talk about it until I die. When I say to you talk about it, yara leave it now, yara leave it, yara leave it. Huh. What's this one then? Uh, bro, that's a sick. That's a sick picture. Put that on the thingy. What a shot. Okay, look at this. This is. Huh? Okay, you can see a picture on the sky which will actually show you something really interesting. This is it's a difficult one. 
but it does just describe exactly our problem about why you will not see certain light at certain times. Anyway, what was I saying? Right, so, 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 so every day we know that Fajr occurs at a certain angle. So they'll say, right, we'll just use that angle. We'll say, there are people who don't even know what an angle is. This deen is for every single person. So when you go to the guy in the desert and you go into the people of XYZ country, they don't go based upon an angle. They look to see where the, the thing comes and khalas. Okay, they look to, to see it happen. Now, number one. Number two, we'll say, all right, there are countries where they can't see it, like UK where we get sun uh, exactly two days of the year, right? This today being one of them, and maybe if we're lucky, we'll have another one yeah, soon. So, so therefore, how can we work out all these angles and times and kether when we can't see anything, it's always cloudy. So we say, okay, fine, we'll try then to create a system. Now, how is that system going to be created? That system has to be local, doesn't it? It has to be based upon the UK. The observations, Jodrul Bank or Greenwich or whatever, they have to create figures that are locally connected, yes? It's no good us getting some Bedouin, yani some Badu, miskin in Saudi or in Yemen or in Pakistan and telling him to get the figures, measuring them and saying, right, he calculated an angle. Now let's bring that angle uh, to the UK. This is a mistake. And by the way, there are a number of people who do this. The people who use 18 degrees, this is their mistake. This, the people who use the, uh, the argument for 18 degrees, that is their mistake because in the Muslim countries, 18 degrees doesn't create a problem. At the equatorial region, doesn't create a problem. University of Karachi has no problem because it's always a solid, stable figure. Equatorial regions. When you take that figure and apply it in a place like Canada, Sweden, England, Scotland, it's a disaster. It's not fitting to our system. So what do we say? If you're going to actually use angles, and we don't want to promote angles, but if you're going to promote angles, you've got to do the system here. You've got to do and go out every single morning and measure here. So that's the second point. The third point then is the measuring. The actual measuring itself. The majority of the people who are measuring are not yani, qualified in understanding the exact nature of the movement of the sun and so on and so forth. But khair, we could teach them and then they go out and make it every day. They'd have to make it every day. And they'd have to get it right. And there'd need to be a second person to confirm and a third person because it's the data we're talking about. The fourth problem is that when you see the measuring ability of the light in this country, it is fraught with problems. So to find an area which is not affected by light pollution is very difficult. I told you about this three weeks ago, two weeks ago, whatever, that we don't have dark skies. There are only very few areas where we do have that. And so you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to find a place which is not being affected by the city pollution. The twilight is real and raw and, 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 and. And that's the problem that this nation is, or this community, Muslim community in UK, is having in trying to determine an angle. Now, as I said, we've lasted for 40, 50 years in this country without killing each other so far. Yeah? So, so far we're surviving. And the reason for that is because the summertime, which is the real fitna time, only comes around yani, once in a while. So we have a little fight yani, every 30 years for about 10 years. Yes? But then the rest of the time, it's all okay. <coughs> yeah, no one, no one cares too much about the other times. It's summertime where it becomes important. Right, let's have a look at this thing. I need to see it, Shaz. So bring it around and uh, let's see if we can make an explanation of this. So, this way, Shaz, this way. All right, so if you look at this, okay, um, this diagram, it's the first time I'm looking at it, okay, so I need to have a think about it. 
If you look at this diagram, yeah, the larging is not the problem, it's fine. If you look at look at June twenty first. Yeah. On June twenty first, if you look to the uh ang if you look if you look to June twenty first and you look to N, where it says N. So is that the longest day of the year? That's the day of the year. Okay? It's the summer solstice. And look towards N. What can you see? In its orbit <laughs> If you look to the angle that you can imagine where N is the straight line, yeah, and then the orbit orbit line, can you see that it's not getting, yeah, there, yeah. This angle there. Uh, yeah, the angle there, or the one to the left of it as well, the other way, no, the no, other way, other way, no, along the line, the other way, yeah, the other, keep going, keep going, yeah, there, okay, that angle there, you can see, okay, you're going to see it on the screen now, that this angle is only reaching a maximum. Can you see? Can you see that? Uh, it doesn't make sense, no? Yeah, what I'm trying to say is that yeah, the sun is not getting lower above that below the horizon. It's stuck. It won't go lower. That is going to not be more than 18 degrees, for example, which is why on this on the on June 21st, if you were to say I am going to pray Isha at 18 degrees, like you say for the rest of the year, then there is no Isha on that day because Isha doesn't start that day because the sun does not reach 18 degrees below the horizon. Do you see the point I'm trying to make? That's because of the orbit of the actual sun with the horizon. The solar elevation angle. This this diagram just shows that. I know it's a bit difficult. Whereas if you look at December the twenty first, okay, huge angles, absolute no problem with respect to how the shortest day of the year. No problem whatsoever with respect to the angles that are below the horizon. So there's no there's no problem there. So that June twenty first picture that actually illustrates really well. The problem that we have from May, June, July, August, which is that the sun's path does not go low enough below the horizon to create an actual uh, uh, dark night. Yani. Okay? Bismillah. Okay, so now I'm going to show you what Asr looks like. Okay, this is good. All right? Put on the... Um, Diag uh, picture uh, is on someone. So, this what this shows you. This is just basically showing you, just a kind of you know the idea of the shadow. Okay. So, you know, th this here, you know, you can see that this is one time, this is two times, okay? The idea that, yani, when the sun reaches here, then that's, yani, the, what they call Shafi Asr. When it reaches there, it is Hanafi Asr. It is a lot lower, a lot later, and therefore you get the double, 
uh, uh, shadow. Is that clear, everybody? Yeah. And then the next one, okay, is Maghrib, which is very nice. Let me show you this. Okay. What you have here is what you have here. First of all, white twilight, red twilight. Look at the difference in this in the color. Yes. Secondly, I want you to oh. I want you to look at the angles. Oh, sorry. This is showing you like a color kind of a uh, uh, a color kind of profile. If you look at if you look at this part, twelve degrees. You see, this is this is the angle now. Twelve degrees, fifteen degrees, eighteen degrees, and this is the different color kind of profile that's 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 disappearing. All right. In the sky itself, what we're looking for is disappearance of the light. As I said last week, that maghrib kicks in when. Uh, sorry, uh, Isha kicks in uh, when? When the twilight disappears. And the ulama that they differed. Which is the twilight that we need to disappear? The red twilight or the white twilight? As we said, the majority of the scholars said the red twilight. And then the minority then said the uh, white twilight. White twilight is going to be a lot later. And that's something which is well known. And that's something which obviously Maghrib and uh, uh, in our country here, especially in the summertime, we base it upon the redness disappearing, the redness disappearing. And then the final picture will show us Isha. Isha, let me just show you this. I've brought the wrong one up. Uh, yes, this one here. Okay. Have a look at this. If you see this night time, we want to be praying the Isha prayer in this part of the night. In this part of the night. Okay? Its start time is when the light here has disappeared. This light. That's its start time. Its angle of, for example, 15 or 18, as I said, it depends upon where you're observing that, where you're seeing that which part of the world you're in, all of the various yani, different kind of factors. You will see that the light will start to come darker and darker. This is now reflecting the sky. At this point, it's that dark. At this point, it's that dark. And then at that point, it's that dark. Okay? And as we said before, that the actual night light that you see, the darkness is going to be entirely dependent upon your location. In any kind of major city or even basic towns now in modern world, the amount of light pollution means that you are unable to tell when the real darkness comes in. In the wintertime and springtime, that's not a problem. It's not a problem because you're praying Isha three or four hours after Maghrib, so no one cares. But in the summertime, everyone is now observing this, watching it, looking at it, seeing the sky. When you go outside now, people now can genuinely see still light skies. And you're thinking to yourself, what's going on? Is it real Isha time? Is it not real Isha time? And so on and so forth. So, this is the for you to understand exactly.
the difference in the colors of the light, which will then determine the actual Isha start time. Is that clear, everybody? Yes? Okay? All right. Let's have some questions. And then we can say that, Alhamdulillah, we don't have to ever come back to any kind of solar elevation angle or the color of the twilight or the change in the sky or anything like that. We have exactly five minutes of questions for you to ask. Now we're not going to talk about Ramadan again. We're not talking about anything again. That's it. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. The one who is establishing the start time of Fajr through observation establishing for themselves, or does this, does their sighting establish it for all Muslims that they are No, obviously, a person who is observing, the question was is that is the observation of an individual something which is being done for the majority no unless that person has been specified by the community that go and observe the times for us then that's something else someone who's doing it for uh, the, the community otherwise it's individual and it only applies to the individual he can't obligate it upon the masses okay next regarding prayer apps, if i were to look outside um, and it's rainy or cloudy as it is um, what's the what's the, what's the place of prayer apps? The problem with prayer apps is that, they, as I said, they're generally okay for the majority of the year. Okay? And then at the summertime, people then need to just be careful. I mean, actually, they should be careful all the time. Yeah, and if I use a prayer time uh, app, I'm checking its angles and its calculation methods throughout the entire year. Other people will only be looking at it during the summertime when it starts to become important. The point is not the app. The point is what calculation method it's using and so on and so forth. For the majority of the time, using these apps and following them is not a problem because this is a matter of ijtihad. This is very important for everyone to understand. This is a modern problem that we have in this country, non-Muslim country. In principle, the Muslims who are not, yani, based in, uh, are, not, are not in a position of strength in non-Muslim countries and they are facing yani, scenarios, political and obviously physical, which are different from the expected norms. And you don't have Muslim authorities, you don't have Muslim resources, and so on and so forth. And so therefore, we have to make the best that we can. These apps, they are dealing and using uh, opinions which are in an ishtihad area anyway. I want to make it very clear that there is a very clear knowledge in this, and there's a right and a wrong. And we must follow the right way. This is not made up. And that's why I've been spending weeks upon weeks explaining it. However, if a Muslim goes and takes his prayer up and follows its prayer time to make a decision on what time a salah starts or ends, that's acceptable. Because the area is one of ishtihad and we cannot obligate all of the Muslims to be understanding this very detailed knowledge and trying to make a decision. Okay? Yep. Um, loads more. So how do we do this then? Okay, so then, uh, so we start with the questions next week, yeah. and then we get oh, if, you, if, if we can collate them. Yeah, if if everyone at the beginning of the lesson when we put the page and waiting. Yep. Any questions that haven't been answered over the past two weeks? Yes. Just post them there. Perfect. The Everybody, listen to me very carefully. Okay, every single person who has the question over the last three weeks, including this lesson. Get your questions and post them at the beginning of next week's lesson. That will be the last time that we deal with this. Every single question we're going to deal with at the beginning of the lesson. 
Is that clear, everybody? That will be the last time that we will deal with this. The beginning of the lesson that's going to be locally here after Maghrib. Okay. Yeah, the page. Yeah, the page will be. Yani, you know, preparing. But you guys put your questions up, and that's what we're going to start with. Okay. The only remaining thing is that uh, for anyone who is uh, close enough to Manchester, Biopesa is this weekend. It is this weekend. Starts on Friday at Salford University at seven o'clock, and then over the weekend. And that's everything to do with uh, halal money and earning and spending. And uh, make sure that you don't make the mistake of thinking that I'm a woman or I'm a mother or I'm yani, too young or so on and so forth. This is not a finance course or an investment course. This is about every single issue to do with the people who follow anything to do with the money of any sort. Okay, everybody? Jazakumullahu khaira. Wa subhanakallahu bihamdik. Yes, salah we're going to show now. Subhanakallahu bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfirukallahumma wa atubu ilayk. Wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.